God's at work. Whether you are a child of his or not, he's working. If you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, he's calling you to come to him. And if you are already a child of God, he's working in you, and he is working through you. For we are his workmanship. Let's take a look. We are in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2, and this morning we're going to be in verse number 10. Uh, The first thing that we're going to look at is in that uh, first phrase of verse 10, second thing in the second phrase. Verse number 10 reads, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto, or the purpose, for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. The Greek word translated workmanship is not a word that most people would, uh, would expect right here. That word that the Apostle Paul used is the Greek word poema. And that might sound familiar. It's the word from which we get our English word poem. So think about this with me. God says, you are his poem. What is a poem? A poem well written is a piece of art is a creation, something that was created out of the creative mind. It means that which is made and that which is manufactured or a manufactured product. So the word Paul used is we were literally made, we were manufactured when we trusted Christ as our Savior And we became a work of art. We became something that God himself created. In other words, our conversion is not the end. Our salvation is not the end-all, be-all. And there are so many who, who look at salvation as, oh, I've arrived. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. Now I'm no longer going to hell, and so I can just coast and I can enjoy life. Well, it's just like birth. Not that babies think, but uh, not not necessarily the way we understand it. But who would say, well, okay, I'm born, that's it. Yep, I'm going to die like this. Seven years later, I'll be, you know, eight pounds, six ounces, can't speak. I need to have someone to change my diapers. No, what's wrong with that picture? We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to mature. And as we age, we we learn new things, and we, we're able to do new things, and, and we become someone that is productive, and we will make a difference in this world. And that is the same in our Christian life. Our conversion, our salvation is not the end. It's simply the beginning, and we begin to grow from there. Second Corinthians 5.17, we're part of God's new creation, and God continues to work in us. And he continues to make us into who he wants us to be. Uh, His purpose is to make us more like his son, Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 tells us that in order to accomplish it, God goes to work in us the moment that we trust Christ as our Savior. So the first area 
where we see God work is in us. God wants to work in us. If we will but allow him, God wants to begin something in you. He, be, he, he wants to, to take that new creation, and he wants to build upon it. It's the foundation. And upon the foundation, we begin to build a superstructure. And that's what God is doing with us. Our salvation is the foundation. That's where we start. That's where we begin. And God begins to build from there. But how does God do that? How does he build within us? Philippians 2.13, through his Holy Spirit, the Bible says, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's how God works in us. It's however he wants to. So whatever he wants to do that is right for us in order to help us to be who he wants us to be. Christ's finished work on the cross accomplished our redemption. But he arose from the dead and he returned to heaven. And there he carries on the, his unfinished work of perfecting his church, perfecting his body. Salvation, the work on the cross, atonement was finished. But Jesus isn't finished with working on us through his Holy Spirit, through his word, through prayer. We're going to see in a moment. God is continuing to work. He's equipping us for our walk here on this earth. He is helping us to become who he wants us to be. And to do this, he uses three special tools. The first tool is his word, 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. Second, in Ephesians 2. Uh, Ephesians 3, prayer, and then thirdly, again, rather uh, an unusual uh, tool that God uses, he uses suffering. We see that in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 11 through verse 14. And as we, we read God's word and understand it, we meditate on it, we think on it, and we feed on it, and God's word begins to go to work in our life to cleanse us and to nourish us. As we pray, God's Holy Spirit releases His power within us. And as we suffer, the Holy Spirit ministers to us. The Holy Spirit comes and applies that, that, that healing balm that only He can. And it's within that time of suffering and within that time of ministering to us that our relationship grows closer and grows deeper with our heavenly father Uh, and suffering drives us back to the word and back to prayer so it's a cycle we suffer we're driven back to God and his word we're driven to God and his word and we pray and God allows us to go through more suffering in order to strengthen us and to deepen that relationship which drives us back to his word repeated over and over again. The thing is, too many Christians think that conversion is the only important experience and that nothing else matters quite so much in in our life. But this is wrong. And we can use the, the, the resurrection of Lazarus as an example. Do you remember the account of Lazarus where he had been placed in the tomb, he had the grave clothes on him, he had been dead for a period of time, His family says, well, Lord, it's too late because he's been dead uh, for this period of time, and and by now he stinks. And and so it's kind of pointless uh, to trying to to raise him from the dead or or to go into the tomb and and say hello. 
is just too late. And after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, what did he say? Loose him and let him go. In other words, this man's alive. Get him out of the grave clothes. He's alive, and he's no longer in the graveyard. I've taken him out of the graveyard, and so let him go and let him live his life. So Paul has this concept in mind in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, when he writes, he says that you put off the former conversation or behavior, the old man which is corrupt, and that you put on the new man, that new nature that you and I have, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Colossians chapter 3 has the same message that the Apostle Paul had earlier. It says, since you then be risen with Christ, he says, seek those things which are above. So once we trust Christ as our Savior, our, our brand new life begins. But it's at that point in time that we begin looking after or our attention is turned toward the things of God and toward the things of heaven. And the same resurrection that the same resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in you and me. It's working day in and day out. That saved the same resurrection power that saved us and took us out of that great graveyard of sin is the power that helps us to live our daily life that honors and pleases Him. And at the great expense of Christ Himself, or God Himself, God worked for us on the cross. And, on, and today, on the basis of the price that Jesus paid at Calvary, He's working in us to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. He's working in us to make us like Him. God can't work in us until he's worked for us. He did that on the cross of Calvary. And after we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, God begins to work in us. And he can't work through us until he begins that work in us. This is why it's important for us to spend time in God's Word. This is why it's important for us to pray and yield to the Holy Spirit's power in our lives as we grow in our Christian life and during times of suffering because it's through the word through prayer and through suffering that God works in us now there are so many Bible examples of God using that uh, that process I think of Moses and do you remember uh, the life of Moses <clears throat> God spent 40 years working on Moses Working in Moses, uh, before God could work through him, God had to work in him. You remember at the beginning of his ministry, he was pretty impetuous, even killed an Egyptian because he got angry, and uh, he was short-tempered, and so he had to flee out into the wilderness, and hardly a successful start to a ministry. And so for 40 years, God is at work in Moses, working in him, growing him, showing him that, that he's there for him, that he's in control. He humbled him as a shepherd in the desert. 
Moses experienced God's work in his life, a working that prepared him for the following 40 years where God would use him to deliver his, his people and be able to lead them, hopefully, ultimately to the promised land. But we know that that, that didn't happen. His people, the next generation, ended up going into the promised land. So God, for 40 years, humbled him, worked in him as a shepherd, preparing him for the next 40 years, where God would be able to use him for 40 more years of magnificent service. There are other examples. Do you remember Joseph? Joseph, as a young man, had a dream that everyone else would be bowing down to him. But it took him quite some time. It took 13 years before God would place him on the throne, second in command to Pharaoh. uh, And he was uh, then able to help the rest of the world and also save his family family through which the Lord Jesus Christ ultimately would be born. Uh, We see David. David was anointed as king as a youth. But what did David have to do? God had to work in David as an exile for all of those years before he was able to be crowned as king. Even the apostle Paul. What happened to Paul after he trusted Christ? He spent three years in the desert in Arabia. Undoubtedly, the Lord Jesus Christ teaching him about who he was. And so it took uh, a period of time for God to work in Paul before God could work through Paul. Uh, No doubt experiencing God's uh, deeper work, preparing him for his future. So God has to work in us before God can work through us. So are we letting him work in us today? Or are we doing our own thing? That leads us to the fourth work which we've been looking at the last the previous three weeks and so we'll look next at the next work that Paul talks about and that is that God wants to work through us he's working in us so that he can ultimately work through us let's look back at Ephesians 2:10 for we are his creation we're his handiwork we're his workmanship but what do we see next? We are created in Christ Jesus unto or for the purpose of what? Good works. He wants to work through us so that what we do as a follower of him shows the rest of the world how awesome God is. Not that our good works are anything, really, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, but our good works, they're only good works because God works them through us. We are created in Christ Jesus unto or for good works. We're not saved by good works, but we're saved unto good works. We're saved for that purpose. Uh, the famous theologian John Calvin wrote this. He said, it is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. We see that borne out in James chapter 2. What does James say? If you've got faith, it's going to be proven by your what? By your works. He said, because if you show me someone that doesn't do the works of the Spirit, I'm going to show you someone that doesn't have faith, or at least not saving faith. Paul focused on faith because his audience were so keyed up on works. 
got to do this to be right with God. Paul says, no, you don't have to do anything to be right with God. It's by faith alone. James dealing with a totally different audience. And he was dealing with an audience that says, all you got to do is have faith. And I don't have to do anything. James saying, no, you got faith. It follows that you will prove, show that you are a part of God's family by living like you're a part of God's family. So James says, you've got to prove your faith by your works, or your faith will be proven by your works. We're not saved by faith plus good works, but by a faith that works. We're not saved by faith plus works, but we're saved by a faith that is powerful and that will prove itself by the outworking of good works. And the basic scripture, as we said, is James chapter number 2. And the Bible speaks of all kinds of different works. Many, many different kinds of works. There are the works of the law, which the Bible says can't save. There are the works of the flesh. Uh, They're listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Paul spoke of the works of darkness, Romans chapter 13 and Ephesians 5. uh, Hebrews 6.1 talks about dead works or works that lead to death. Since the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23, then we also have the works of righteousness. Titus 3.5 refers to the works that we do after, or religious works, rather. Isaiah, now think about this. Isaiah declared that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in his sight. Isaiah 64, 6. So think about this with me, if you will. If our righteousnesses, now say that fast three times, If our righteousnesses are filthy, what must our sin look like? If our righteousness is filthy, if the best thing that we can do, the best thing that we can do in our life on our own is filthy, imagine what sin must look like to God. So the works the Apostle Paul talks about here created in Christ Jesus for good works or unto good works have two special characteristics. The first characteristic that we see is that they are good works. That they are good works in contrast to the works of darkness and wicked works. So if we contrast chapter 2 verse 10, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, and Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, where it says, in which you once walked according to the prince of the power of the air, who now works in the sons or the children of disobedience. We see chapter 2, verse 10, talking about created for good works, because before we trusted Christ as our Savior, it was Satan who worked in us, the evil works of darkness. So those are contrasted. After we trust Christ, we're able to do good works that honor and please our Heavenly Father. Uh, The believer has God working in us. Now, our works are not good because we do them. Our works are good because God can do them or God does them through 
us. Because we have that new nature from God, the Holy Spirit works in us and through us to produce these good works. Now, it's, it's too bad that so many Christians minimize uh, the, the, the place of good works in our life. We put so much attention on it's just by faith. All we've got to do is trust Christ, and we tend to coast along in our Christian life. And we look at others who are changing the world. They're doing things that are amazing and accomplishing so many things for human justice or other things that, that, uh, that, that they're doing. And we say, oh, well, you know, that, that's great. That's all for them. But what are, what are we doing? Do you realize that the things that we do that are good works shows the rest of the world how awesome and how great God is? We don't do it to show off. We do it because it shows, <coughs> excuse me, how good God is. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works. Let our light shine before the world that they might see good works and ultimately says they will glorify God which is in heaven. So we don't do good works to glorify ourselves. We don't do good works uh, just because we're, maybe we're following a party line. We don't do good works because of any other reason other than we want to honor and glorify God. We want to exalt Him and say, look at how good God is. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says we should abound to every good work. We should be doing things that are good and just and right and serving others around us. And Colossians 1.10, we're supposed to be fruitful in every good work. Do you see a pattern in Scripture? We're to be doing what? Good works. So we should be busy after we trust Christ as our Savior. Salvation is not the end. It's just the beginning. And so he wants us. He wants to work. He works in us so that he can work through us. Our result or one result of a knowledge of the Bible is that the believer, according to 2 Timothy 3.17, is thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's that, there's that, that phrase again, that, or that, that word in, in the original language. Uh, as believers, Titus 2.14, we should be zealous for good works. And you thought good works didn't show up in the Bible very much. It's on and on and on. Uh, our works are actually spiritual sacrifices that we offer to God. Hebrews 13 says, you know, you think, well, we don't do sacrifices anymore. Well, yes, we do. Because uh, remember, remember, what does Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 say? That we're to offer ourselves, our bodies as what? A living sacrifice. And then, that's right. And when we serve him and when we do good works it glorifies him and we're offering those good works literally as sacrifices to God and saying God you provided this and I'm simply giving it back to you our good works are evidence that we've been born again uh, Matthew 7:21 not everyone saith, saith to me Lord, Lord, that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody that does good works will be in heaven. Think about that. Not everybody that says, oh, I'm a Christian, 
I'm a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. I'm a whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters is, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Are you trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary uh, to be the, the full and complete atonement for your sin where you, we are regenerated and we're given a brand new life in Christ? He says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he says, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So we need to be doing God's will to show that we've trusted or that we are a part of the family of God. Our, all, our good works are also a testimony to those who don't know Christ as our Savior. First Peter chapter 2, verse 12. And what do they do? Our good works that are done through the power of the Holy Spirit literally win us the right to be heard. If you're talking to someone who doesn't know Jesus and you come across as holier than thou or you come across as judgmental or you come across in any way such as that, people will probably shut you down and say, what right do you have to talk to me? What, who are you? But if we, empowered by God's Holy Spirit, Allow him to work through us and allow our good works to be a positive testimony to those who don't know Christ as their Savior. It can pave the way for them to listen to us when we share the glorious gospel with them. One pastor told about uh, a Christian lady uh, years ago who often visited a retirement home. And uh, one day... As she was going through and she was talking to the residents, it was uh, lunchtime, and uh, she comes to this uh, older man who was sitting by himself, and he was staring at his dinner tray. And uh, very softly, she, she, she speaks to him, and she says, Is something wrong? And he says, Is there something wrong? And he replied in a very, very heavy accent, uh, he said, yes, something is very wrong. I am a Jew, and I cannot eat this food. And she said, well, what would you like to have? He said, well, I would like a bowl of soup. And so what she did was she went home, and she she prepared a bowl of soup in 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 a fashion, in a way that he would be able to eat. She brought it back to the retirement home. She checked with uh, with the with the staff and asked if it would be okay, and she went and she brought him uh, the soup. And it, and in succeeding weeks, she did that over and over again. She would prepare a, a bowl of soup, or she would prepare something that he, that he could eat. She would bring it to the retirement home, and she would serve him. Eventually, she led him to faith in Christ. It was those good works that she did that paved the way for this elderly gentleman to have his heart softened and his mind to be open to the gospel and to see that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and he, was, and he is his Messiah. And so it was her good works that paved the way for him to do that. So it is good works that God hath prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
The only other time this word's used in the New Testament is Romans chapter 9, verse 23. Where the Bible says we are vessels of mercy. God works in us as his vessel uh, so that uh, he is going to be working through us, that he has prepared, verse 10 says. So we're his workmanship. We are created for good works. And God prepared beforehand that we should do those good works. So that word prepared, as we said, occurs only one, one other time in Romans 9, 23, that we are vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. So God prepared us to do good works under the power of his Holy Spirit. The believer, the person, the child of God walks in good works because God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in those good works. Paul says we need to be getting busy. The will of God comes from the heart of God. Now, are we wearing the grave clothes? As we close, the question is, are we wearing the grave clothes or the grace clothes? Are we still in that great graveyard of spiritual death? Or have we trusted Christ as our Savior? And we're, we have new life, and we're born again unto good works. Are we enjoying our liberty in Christ? Are we still bound by the habits of the old life? As a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we've been raised from the dead. We've been seated on the throne with Christ. We need to practice our position in Christ. He's worked for us. He is working in us because he wants to work through us that he might give us an exciting, creative life to the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we come to the close of this message in verse number 10, we ask that you would help us to understand and realize the place that good works have in our life where you use your word, you use prayer, you use our suffering to draw us closer to you and to prepare us to do the good works that you have prepared beforehand for us to be doing. Help our lives to show to the rest of the world that we belong to you, that you are a good God, and that you love us, and that you made a way possible for us to be made right with you through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.